don't want a lot for Christmas There's just two things that we need Give us a review and then subscribe to our podcast feed We make an episode every two weeks Some people think we're music freaks Make our wishes come true Follow, follow our show and give us a review. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Season's Greetings, Happy Holidays, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Album vs. Album. I am your co-host, Lucas Lawrence, and with me, as always, is the, is, hey, where is he? Kale? Hey, Kale, hey. Hey, what are you doing over there, Kale? What's going on? Oh, oh, hey, Lucas. Well, what's going on with you, Charlie Brown? I didn't didn't see you over there. It's just Oh, you know, man, just uh just sitting over on the stump just thinking about the state of the world, you know. We're going into an unknown 2022. Getting old. Barely feels like Christmas is even here, you know. But that's my that's the whole point of this episode, dude, is that Christmas is here and don't you remember we're supposed to be be doing like a like a Christmas thing with like oh. happy songs and stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just I don't know, man. I just just feel like I've lost my Christmas spirit. Well, okay. In my mind, if anyone's lost their Christmas spirit, I know exactly what to do, and it is to play them this song. Is there anything more Christmas than? This song, Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Listen to this. All right, let's listen. You hear those those uh, beautiful horns and bells? It does feel pretty, pretty homey, you know? Dude, Bing Crosby, this man lived through World War One and Two. And he enjoyed my Christmas. I never really thought about the fact that Big Crossy lived through two world wars. Bummed out about. You know, that's that's a good point, Lucas, but I feel like we're all at war with each other right now, you know? It's just like, it's Christmas time, right? We're supposed to be together. Okay, so not not to downplay what you're talking about, but listen to this man's voice. Listen to the pure... First, very bass heavy, but just pure voice of a man who also, I mean, really was like kind of the James Corden, Justin Timberlake, and Brad Pitt of his day all at once. Because he was a movie star, a music star, and a TV show host, or I guess radio show host. With all that pressure, he still 
could sing a song about Christmas. That's purely. It is. Doesn't uh, that doesn't that make you feel anything? You know, it does. You know, it does make me feel a little nostalgic and kind of makes me think of snow falling outside, a frosty windowpane, and maybe a crackling fire inside, you know? I mean, you just said frosty, dude. Come on, Jimmy Durant, the frosty, the snowman. I know that is a classic. That's a great, that's a, that's a classic. That's watched it every year, you know? And did you have you watch it this year yet? Do you know, I haven't felt like it, you know? Oh man. Okay. Okay. Wait, I have, I have another one. I have another one. Okay. So, I mean, in today's terms, maybe, maybe a little bit of cultural, uh, appropriative, uh, maybe a little bit of one of those songs where you look back and you're like, this is, uh, a bit on the side of what were white people thinking in this time, but a great song, a great song still. Uh, Bing Crosby off the same album, which is titled Merry Christmas. Uh, this song is called Meli Kalikimaka. Do you know this one? I, what, Mel, Meli Kalikimaka? Yeah, yeah, Meli Kalikimaka. That's what it's called. Uh, Meli Kalikimaka, it's, it's the way they say Merry Christmas in Hawaii. And oh. Bing Crosby also nailed this one like someone nails a coffin shut to end someone's life this song is i'm to me this is the quintessential version of this song but anyway uh maybe this one could cheer you up you want to maybe should we should listen to that one yeah all right let's take let's take a listen i've always found it a little bit weird that this song so clearly has like a tropical vibe to it you know it's a christmas song Christmas in Hawaii would be a beautiful thing. Did you know that this album sold 50 million copies? When we're talking about 50 million copies, we're talking about in a period when 50 million is like... That's insane. Let me read you the stat here. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, the Andrews sisters. Listen to harmony, eh? It's pretty harmonious, I gotta say. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. What is it about Christmas that the older the recording, the more warmth, the better it is? Like, the, the, there's more to it. You know, it's it's probably like the straight analog <laughs> component of it because, yeah. like, it's it it is aged so well. Um, that kind of makes me think about. Um, there's some music that is maybe not aged as well. Oh, there's definitely some, and that one's one that surprisingly aged. Some for some reason, no one's come after that one, even though it's clearly a bunch of white people singing music that they singing about something they have no clue about but that's good i i still love that song um a great version just to throw a little side there my wife and i just watched casey musgrave's christmas special on amazon prime duet with um zoe deschanel that's great oh really who became another queen of christmas by just singing uh baby it's cold outside in the film elf oh of course of do you course. remember that it was like just that one shower scene of her singing just cemented her 
as like a Christmas person. It, I remember watching Elf for the first time. I, I think I must have been in high school, but I remember fe- being like thinking that it was a pretty steamy scene, literally and figuratively. You know, mm. <laughs> good one. So it seems like maybe you have a song you want to talk about that didn't age well. Hearing those songs, it's, it's starting to stir up some Christmas memories. And you know, growing up in my house, uh, my dad had a hundred CD changer. So is that what you'd call? It? He had a CD player yep. that you could put a hundred different CDs in, and then you could just pick a number you wanted, like sixty-seven, and boom, pull that CD out. An album we listened to a lot growing up was Kenny G. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know this one. It's Kenny G with it's not. Is it actually a saxophone he's holding in the album cover? It's not right. He, he's holding like an oboe or something. <laughs> uh, I think it, he's a saxophonist. I think that is a saxophone. But I've never seen a saxophone like that before. Look at that well, thing. It's straight. There's no curve. Where's the curve? I'm going to become a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is that his son reaching up to the straight saxophone? Oh, it's – so he plays – I so I, it's a very good question. I, I do not know who the baby is in the cover of that. So Kenny G plays soprano saxophone. Tenor saxophone oh, it's a soprano sax, maybe? and alto saxophone. Yeah, just a naked baby who wants to touch that saxophone. Maybe listening to a little Kenny G could help get me into the Christmas spirit. When I was a kid, I remember it was special. Like mom and dad, like my sisters were gone. Mom and dad would make like a steak dinner with some wine. Kenny G would come on and it'd be like, cool. This is my night at home with mom and dad. And they're listening to Kenny G, which basically meant that they were going to ignore me all night because they were going to stare at each other's eyes and smooch. Mm. That's how I remember Kenny G. However, I do have to say, I have some great memories of this record as well. Saxophone is always one of those instruments that I feel is underrated, but also I think everyone's a little embarrassed to admit they like it, you know? Yeah, especially this era of jazz, because... You know, there's a film that just came out recently that uh, neither of us have seen, but I'm very curious to see, oh, called I can't wait. Listening to Kenny G. I don't know if you've seen a picture of Kenny G in 2021. I feel like he's aged well, like he's still got the same hair, but it's like he's he's just kind of withered up a bit. Like he was so handsome in the cover of Miracles. And it's like he just kind of looks the same, but it looks like someone put in like an age, you know, Instagram filter on him. It's kind of bizarre. So he also has a classic Christmas album. Did you know that? He has two. <laughs> he does. He also he does. has an album called Namaste, which I just found out about. Interestingly, I thought this was like early on for him, but Miracles was his seventh studio album. Wow. I mean, he's got a lot of Christmas albums. He's got like four? You got a guy like Bing Crosby putting out an album called Merry Christmas in the year 1945. You go down to the year 1994, and what are what are people putting out then? What's the song you want to play me to maybe cheer us both up now? Why don't we hear Kenny G's version of White Christmas? Oh, sounds good to me. Just those light, what are those little, oh, those yeah. light piano notes. What a humble man, because, you know, he could start with the saxophone if he wanted to. Kind of leads you in, like, it's like, like a... Your your mom holding your hand as you walk down the hallway towards the tree lit up with candles and presents. Really sounds like you're coming around, Kale. Oh wow, there it is. Oh. 
Is the word sultry too much? No. I think, I think it is kind of sultry, isn't it? You know that Kenny G basically... Oh, it's so smooth. <laughs> you know that Kenny G is basically credited with being the guy that invented smooth jazz? Yeah. Basically. And apparently that's part of what the documentary is about, that in the early 90s, Kenny G was so popular that a lot of radio stations started to switch over to smooth jazz. And so there's the whole, the rise and fall of smooth jazz, man. It's like a whole thing. Playing in every dentist office from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how many, how many children do you think were conceived to the sultry, dulcet sounds of this? Probably saxophone. most millennials. <laughs> Dude, this is so smooth. It's this just reminds me of like my parents making breakfast. Breakfast, wow! Yeah, morning. Smooth jazz in the morning. (laughs) Smooth jazz in the morning, man. It would be like it would just be like the sun would be coming through the windows. The snow would be had freshly fallen in that Saskatchewan winter, and would be my dad would be making eggs and sausage, and we'd be uh, getting ready to open our first present right before we had uh, you know our Christmas breakfast. Okay, I gotta say that is a pretty great version of White Christmas. Now you gotta back me up here a little bit. What is Kenny G's deal? He's just a guy who played saxophone, and then he just became famous, or what? It's funny you ask, Lucas. So Kenny G, he's an American smooth jazz saxophonist, along with being a composer and a producer. Well, you cannot argue with that description. That is a perfect description. It's also something that this might be sneaky. You might not think this, but Kenny G is one of the best-selling artists of all time. You've got the Beatles. You've got the Rolling Stones. you got Kenny G. He's sold 75 million records. I said earlier that people don't admit to liking saxophone music. Like, people are like, nah. But here's the thing. You know McDonald's has that little sign that says over whatever billion served? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the Jim Gaffigan joke? No to go into McDonald's. They sell six billion hamburgers a day. There's only 300 million people in this country. It's like, hmm, I'm not a calculus teacher, but I think everyone's lying. Sounds to me like we all like smooth jazz. From this interview that I heard with Kenny G, he described the fact that he isn't necessarily that passionate about music, which I thought was a bit interesting. I'm sorry, what? He cares about music, but he said that what he cares about is being essentially the best at things. So he doesn't do things he knows he won't be good at. So he had a real knack for uh, the saxophone in in various forms and really pursued it. He's also um, a world-class golfer. Kenny G was also one of the first 10 people to invest in Starbucks. That blew me away. Are you kidding me right now? No, dude. He was one of the first 10 investors in Starbucks. Like he used his smooth jazz money and was like, yeah, I like the sound of this idea. And this so Starbucks is, right now. Starbucks is built on the back of smooth jazz. Dude, well, it's, it shows. Okay. Let's really quick just click on that link I just sent you. Okay. Okay. This is a, a scene in the Trolls 2 movie where... They become entranced by smooth jazz. Check this out. And look who he looks like, kind of. 
Look at that hair. You hear something? Guys, chest hair. Poppy? I can't feel my face. It's, it's like I'm being paralyzed by its smoothness. Speaking of James Corden and wow. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, isn't that great, dude? <laughs> With the tiger? Yeah, all the different trolls are genres. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting mind blown now. Kenny G's amazing at golf and is one of the first investors of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense because still, Starbucks kind of has a smooth jazz vibe to it. Yeah, it's infused in its day now. They've gone away from it for sure, but it's still there. Another interesting thing about Kenny G is, do you know that he holds the world record for playing the longest note ever recorded on a saxophone? Wow, how long was it? He learned how to do circular breathing, which I'm not entirely sure how that works. But oh, it's you- amazing, dude! It's about like getting uh, air into your mouth, like, and then as that air is leaving your like puffy cheeks, you breathe in and you just keep going. It's incredible. It's wild. Wow. Okay, so that that makes sense. So using that technique, think about doing that and playing one note on the saxophone for 45 minutes and 47 seconds. Ah. Uh... <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. Okay, can I throw a few facts at you about Bing Crosby then? Because there's one that's very interesting. Yeah, please. Bing Crosby also takes golf very seriously. He got his, hand, his uh, handicap down to two in the British and U.S. Amateur Championships in the late forty in the late forties after uh, he had done his service in World War II. And then he started his uh, radio variety show, which I don't know if you know, he's had like four or five very famous radio variety shows, but Mm. that's where he sort of stopped uh, golfing so much. Bing Crosby, there's actually a Radio Lab episode that's very interesting about this. Bing Crosby is one of the guys who pioneered doing what we're doing right now, taping it, and then broadcasting it instead of broadcasting live. And he did it and his, his ratings went down, but then he figured out a way to make the recording sound better. And the reason, one of the reasons he wanted to do that is because he wanted to golf more. So I wonder if Kenny G and Bing Crosby ever golfed. I wonder if they ever had any overlap. I feel like we've really picked two rivals here. Did Bing Crosby and Kenny G ever golf together? Doesn't look like it. I mean, I feel like that would have been... Bing Crosby would have had to have been very old. And- yeah, a death store. We really, this is probably our biggest um, rivals. Can I tell you one more fact about Bing Crosby that I think is incredible? Mm-hmm. It's one of the ones that I, when I read it, I was like, I'm sorry, what? I mean, people think, say he invented the Canadian tuxedo, but I think that's bullshit. He just wore all denim ones. Bing Crosby in 1970 was speaking towards legalizing marijuana. Here's a quote about him talking about it. It's no big sin unless they abuse it and use it continuously. But I think it should be legalized and we should do away with a lot of the smuggling and gangster business. It doesn't hurt any worse than being an alcoholic, does it? Wow. A forward-thinking man. (laughs) He certainly was. Yeah. Another very surprising fact for me, Kenny G is very, very popular in China. 
I can see you... that. That makes sense to me. So since 1989, Kenny G recorded a song called Going Home that you can hear on Kenny G Live. And it's become this insane mega hit throughout China. It's the unofficial national closing song for food courts, outdoor markets, health clubs, television stations. It's because it's called Going Home. And it's kind of like here, if every single establishment started playing closing time, like how that like bars will play closing time. Yes, it's like it's like China's closing time. (laughs) But the thing that I heard that I heard is that it's not like they play it once. They will start to play it on loop for like 45 minutes before the food court closes or like like basically if you asked uh, a Chinese person and you played them the song, they would say that they like associate the song with needing to finish an activity or going home but a lot of them don't even know who the artist is but it's like this ubiquitous song for like closing time (laughs) but it's Kenny G. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you make music, but you never know where it's going to go, you know? I know. Imagine you're just like, you just hear a song, and all of a sudden you just feel like you have to leave. You're just like, I I hear the saxophone playing, and I just feel like I need to go. It seems like your Christmas spirits are lifting with all these facts, but why don't you? Why don't we listen to another one? Like, Let's listen to another uh, choice song uh, off of Miracles. Is there another one you want to play? Yeah, you know, an- another one that I've always like really connected with is... Uh, the Kenny G's little drummer boy. Ooh. Let's take let's take a little listen. It feels just like there's a little more emotion in this. Oh, right away you're like, this is not the drummer boy you grew up with. This drummer boy has some he, he's got an emotional side. It's like you lost that game of baseball and you're walking home. Ooh. It's weird. It's like I have to take down a part of my me. I have to have, like open up my drawbridge to let this to actually enjoy this music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. so good. No, it's so good. It's truly incredible what he can do with the saxophone. He's the Santana of saxophone. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, I feel like I'm starting to see some lights on my way towards maybe feeling like it's Christmas again, you know? Like I hear yeah, this, this song and it's like, I feels like I smell like sugar cookies bacon, you know? I, I feel like I, I see Christmas lights going up. It's, I'm starting <gasps> to see it, Lucas. Wait, I think I see someone flying in a sleigh. Up in the sky? Over there? Yeah. Is that who I think it is? Cows or deer or re- reindeer? Is that Kenny G in a sleigh? <laughs> yes. God, it's beautiful. You know, one of the things I do love about him, and like Santana's a perfect example, or maybe, I don't know, Slash, people who have technical prowess, but instead of exercising their technical prowess of musicianship, they focus on the melody, conversational side of music and I think that is maybe why Kennedy is so beloved like listen to this like it's the closest thing to a human voice possible <laughs> with all the same emotion 
but none of those pesky lyrics. <laughs> it's he's communicating a feeling, you know. Those drums are pretty epic too. Hey, mm-hmm. mm. this is wow. really this is really taking me on a this is taking me on a journey, buddy. You know, I'm gonna let's put let's put little drummer boy aside for a second. I I feel like I want to I I feel like now that I'm gliding through the halls of smooth jazz towards starting to see my Christmas spirit on the horizon. I do feel like it would be good to look back. What is, what do you think Bing would say right now? I want to show one more song by Bing Crosby that I've always loved. And this is, is, is um, probably going to be the most cliche moment, but Jingle Bells, a classic Christmas song. Some people might say the most annoying Christmas song or the most overplayed Christmas song, but Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters. I want you to listen to his harmony on the chorus when the the second chorus when it hits so this is like one i would say the quintessential jingle bells my personal opinion also did you know that this song was written for thanksgiving not christmas what yeah isn't that weird there's once a genre of thanksgiving music that's really died out eh I mean, this song's got some urgency to it, you know? Yeah, it's fast. It's fast-paced. It's got some heat bells. Okay, here come the girls. Those... J- j- <laughs> I like that. Okay, the harmony is coming soon, I promise. Wild horse open sleigh. Sleep is in Seattle. Meg Ryan sings along with this in one scene. It's great. So was this something you grew up with? Was this like a Christmas record around the Lawrence household? Oh, man. It was always on. Bing Crosby and Christmas. Between his White Christmas, the film, and this album is like part of my Christmas DNA. It's weird, right? Do you know it at all? Like, is this something you grew up with at all? I I know some of these songs, but um, I'm it was probably like something I heard in like um, a mix or something. But like, I don't think we actually had any Bing Crosby. Yeah, here comes the harmony. Oh wow, good, right? That is really good. Have a lot of fun. a lot of fun. <laughs> And then they do that weird thing, you know, like at a kid's concert, where they go quiet. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm happy we get to go back to that one. That's very impressive. I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Does it bring you, does it bring you any ounce of joy, Kayla? Are we getting it's, closer to the Christmas? It's, it's, it's giving me some joy, buddy. It's giving, it's like a, it's giving me a little something special. Because you're starting to look a little Grinch-ish. I think now that you're getting to a better place and recognizing that, you know, Christmas is more than boxes and bags and packages and tags. You know, Christmas is more. Dahu, Dora, whatever the who's sing. Why don't you try and win me over with another Kenny G tune, dude? You know, reflecting on the Grinch, that does mm. give me even more joy. It makes me think of when I was in high school and mm. I was too old to be buying Christmas ornaments at Hallmark because I like Dr. Seuss, but I'm not ashamed to say it. I love Dr. Seuss, but I was... Uh, Buying ornaments probably at a little, little probably too late in my high school years for nah, a grown man nah. to be going to the Hallmark store. 
but I just wow. When you say grown man, do you mean high school? Do you mean like this was like two months ago? What what are we talking here? <laughs> no, it's high school. I have a number of um, Dr. Seuss Christmas. I don't know. I just I had a Christmas ornaments phase. I think it'd be good to take it all back to the start. I think if if we're gonna listen to one more Kenny G song, I think Lucas. I think we got to start at the beginning. And for me, what often feels like the beginning of Christmas morning is the beginning of miracles, and that's Winter Wonderland. So why don't we we take a little listen? Now that's definitely a sound of the times, early '90s with that synth. I don't even know what you call that. Ooh. Was Kenny G married at this point? That's a great question. I actually don't know anything about Kenny G. He probably just had girls lined up knocking on his door saying, marry me. You gotta wonder. Because you you see pictures of him. He was quite handsome. He had that very long curly hair. Kind of like his trademark look. So jealous. What do you think his his reputation was in the jazz community? I wonder. I actually really do wonder. Like if jazz musicians were like, screw this guy. Or if they were like, nah, that guy, he's got soul. Well, I kind of wonder because like you think he, he basically created a whole new genre I mean, of jazz. I mean, he helps out the genre, right? Yeah, I guess so. You, you, you kind of wonder, though, if other jazz musicians would think he's helping out the genre or not it's yeah hard to I say. mean dude it's listen to this I always kind of saw it as like music for old people when I was young but then it's weird like now that I'm approaching 40 I'm like hey there's nothing wrong with listening to a little bit of Kenny G on a Friday night you're throwing Kenny G on a on a Friday day? Well, that's my point. It's like, obviously, music, that music's got some power, some staying power. If at this point, I'm 20 years later finally getting it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kale, you know, one of the big things I think about Christmas is that we got to remember, in the words of Linus, Christmas isn't getting too commercial it's getting too dangerous uh i know you'll get that because it's a peanuts quote i do i do thank you we gotta remember the true meaning of christmas and that is to celebrate to be together Mm -hmm. and i don't know man this is a pretty hard one because i kind of feel like bing crosby kenny g golf it all comes to starbucks it all comes together in one amazing (laughs) Amalgamation. You know, Lucas, I feel like you're, you know that that fireplace we were talking about earlier? Mm. I feel like you and me are standing outside that window and those logs are crackling in the fireplace. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of long curly hair hanging over the back of one chair. And there's a a Santa hat with a cigar in the other one. And I feel like maybe... What do you think? Maybe we knock at that door and see if we can go inside and join them around that fireplace. What oh, do you think? Dude, if 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 those two are sitting around a fire right now and we're knocking, they're letting us in. And you know what? They got a big old because this is the old days, right? This is they got a big bottle of rum, <laughs> a big one, and some eggnog in the fridge. So I'm yeah. in. Let's knock on that door. Let's knock on that door, man. And I think I oh, think I might have. I think I might have just. <laughs> I think I might have just found my Christmas spirit again. 
Oh, we're just walking down the street, cold and shivery. Kenny G and Ben Crosby invite us in. Ugh. I'd like to acknowledge that it's uh, it's been a year since we last did a Christmas album, which means it's been over a year since we've been. I mean, it's almost been. Is it two? Are we had coming up? We're coming up to two years, right? Year and a half, yeah. Well, I mean, technically, the know. start of the pod was June twenty twenty. No, but actually, we're coming up on two years of starting to record. Yeah, you're right. Well, Kale. It has been a, a great journey, and I want to say right as I look into your eyes through Google Chat, I want to say to you, Merry Christmas. Malakaliki maka, buddy. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, one and all. Those that tune in and subscribe. Merry Christmas to the ones that listen by and by. Merry Christmas, one and all, from Album versus Album. We're wishing you the very best and hoping that you'll like and subscribe. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think what we should do. Just <laughs> Sorry, just cut that. So no, I love it. So look, it's Kenny G. Look, Narwhal.